say your older brother is a successful basketballer and your younger brother plays AFL. Um, and you've also got an older sister. What were the backyard games like at your place and were there many arguments about which sports to play? Um, not really. We used to play backyard cricket a lot. Um, and yeah, basketball, backyard cricket and basketball were the two main things that we used to play. Um, we had a hoop in the backyard. So Ben, Jack and I used to play um, two on one. So Jack and I would play two versus one against Ben and he would always beat us. And then when Ben moved out of home, then Jack and I would play one on one a lot. And usually I would win until he got like really, he got a lot taller and stronger than me. And then I think one day he beat me 15 to zero and we never played again after that day because I was so mad that he beat me so badly. But we definitely had a lot of fights in the backyard. Jack, especially when we played cricket, when he would get out, he would just crack it and <laughs> stop playing the whole game. So it was just finished. But yeah, we're always outside doing something, which it was a really good way to grow up. Kind of similar with me and my sister, except we don't get um, as angry, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. as much as each yeah. other in basketball. Um, and what was it about basketball um, that you loved as a kid and made you want to focus on? I loved it initially because my older brother Ben played it and I just wanted to be like him. So I started playing it and he was one of my first coaches playing basketball, actually, which is pretty cool. Um but yeah, I just love the team aspect. I also played netball growing up, but I like basketball more because you get to play offense and defense and like run around the whole court. Um, and I'm quite aggressive when I play and that at, at a younger age suited basketball a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I just love the team aspect and I love, I guess, the fast tempo up and down. Um, and yeah, just being able to shoot, dribble, pass, defense, and impact the game in a multiple multiple different ways. Yeah. With some sports, the women that I interview haven't really had many female idols um, when they were kids because there weren't many women playing um, or on TV. The basketball has been lucky to kind of have that. Who were the players that you looked up to as a kid and teenager? Yeah, great question. Um, because I grew up in Adelaide, I used to watch the Adelaide Lightning. I was their, one of their number one fans. Um, so definitely Rachel Spawn growing up. And then as I got to know like the Australian team a little bit more, uh, Lauren Jackson and Penny Taylor were definitely um, right up there as two of my idols. It's pretty amazing that now you get to like play side by side, Lauren. I know it's incredible. It really, like never thought that would happen watching her play at the Olympics and at the World Cup and, you know, in the WNBA um, and now I get to play alongside her, which is just amazing. And after playing for the Opals in 2011, there were seven years that you couldn't really make the Opals team and you just missed out on the 2016 Olympics. Over those seven years, you played in Poland, went over to the WNBA for a bit, had injuries, played in the WNBL. What was your time? What was that time in your career like? And what did you learn? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I was I was still in the Opal squad, but like you said, I could never make a major team. So I used to do all the qualification tournaments and then miss out on the Olympics or miss out on the World Cup. And I was, you know, always one of those last people to be cut. So it was really hard. But I think, you know, if I didn't have those experiences, I wouldn't have got to where I've got to today. I've definitely improved my game a lot since then. I've become a more well-rounded basketballer. Um, and, you know, since hurting my knee as well, I've it's kind of given me a second phase of my career, I suppose, where I feel fitter, stronger um, mentally and physically. And it's just allowed me to add a lot more 
strengths um, and I guess weapons offensively and continued to to build my um, game smarts in a sense. So um, I think by having the opportunity to play in the WNBA and to go to Europe and play, it's definitely helped me become a more well-rounded basketballer. Um, you know, the European style is very team orientated um, and then the USA style is very, you know, one-on-one -on -one athletic, quick pace. And I think the Australian style is kind of a complement of those two. So when, you know, when trying to make an Australian team by having those experiences behind me, I think definitely give, give me a little bit of an advantage to some of the other players in the squad. And Kayla George, you and Kayla have known each other since you were about my age. Together, you've won WNBL titles, a world championship medal, gone to the Olympics and even played at the same WNBA team. What has it meant um, to you to have someone go through so many highs and lows with you over the last 20 years? Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, when we grew up, we never, you know, it was both of our dreams to kind of do all this stuff we've done and we've both been able to do it. And I think to come back and play at the Boomers this season together and win a championship was you know, a really a dream come true after going to the Olympics together last year. So it has meant a lot. And to be able to do it with such a close friend and, you know, our families are really close as well. So it means a lot to our parents as well, which is amazing. And so after you represented Australia in 2011, it was another 10 years before you finally made an Olympics team at the age of 30. Who or what kept you being motivated all that time to know that you could do it all? Oh, good question. I think um, I think just wanting to be the best basketball player that I could be kind of kept me motivated. And if that was if I was going to make an Australian squad or not, that that kind of didn't really become my motivation. My motivation just was to be the best basketballer I could be, and that would land me wherever it did. So. Um, yeah, I, I guess that, but then also my family definitely are my um, support network and my partner, Taylor. So all of those things combined, I think, all, all aligned and um, led me to be able to make the Olympic team and, um, you know, a dream come true. But you definitely can't do it by yourself. So it is really important that you have a really good support network to be there for you when you know when you have the disappointments and to try and help you when you're feeling a little bit unmotivated but I think the most important thing is to always just try and be your best at whatever you're trying to do whatever your passion is and then um, let the cards fall where they may. Some of the athletes I talk to talk about changing sports when they feel like that they've achieved as much as um, they've been able to. Was there ever a time where you thought you might not achieve your goals and maybe you should just like change sports? Um, maybe if AFLW was around earlier, I might've thought about that, but definitely not. Like I love basketball so much. I love, um, you know, the team aspect, all the, the greatest really accomplishment I've, um, got out of basketball is all the friends that I've made through it. So, um, definitely not. I still really, really love playing basketball. And, um, as, as long as I love it this much, I'm going to keep training as much as I do and keep trying to be the best that I can. Um, so no, not for me. I've I've always just wanted to keep playing and playing. And then um, when I retire, I, you know, I'm starting to be a PE teacher. So that's just kind of where I thought my career would go after I stopped playing. And when you received the phone call to say that you were an Olympian for Tokyo, that you would be, after all the injuries and rejections that you've had, what was that moment like for you? 
Yeah, it was incredible. I started crying straight away. Those that know me well know that I do um, when I'm overwhelmed with happiness or sadness, I just start crying. So I definitely started crying. I actually thought Sandy was um, going to cut me. If you've seen the Lauren Jackson video at the start, she really gives nothing away when she's um, making those calls. So it was very similar to that where she just, you know, was very matter of fact. And I thought she was going to say that I missed out. And then she said I made it. And I just started crying and um was in disbelief for a second and then kind of just quickly had to get off the phone and go tell um, Taylor and call my parents straight away. So it was an amazing moment and definitely one that I will remember, you know, exactly where I was, what I was doing um, for the rest of my life, I think. Was it like, was it like a feeling of relief or just because you'd been trying to um, the team for so long. I, I, initially, I think it was a feeling of like disbelief. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, yeah, it was definitely a feeling of relief. But um, yeah, it was it was a really amazing feeling. I wish I could, you know, bottle it up and, and give it to people because when when you've been trying so hard for something, um, to, to get that reward is, is really an amazing feeling. And there's this kind of sisterhood with the Opals culture that we hear a lot about. Is that something that this current squad has really worked on because of what's happened over the past 12 months or has it always kind of been like that? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it's definitely always been there and something that we always hang our hat on and you can see it from, you know, ever since the Opals legacy began that that there is this sisterhood and all the past players are very still much present in that. Like whenever we see Timsey or Robin Mara or any of the past Opals, um, you know, we are connected with a very special bond and once an opal, always an opal. So it's definitely always been there, but I think what we've done this year is really try and um, try and like build some actions so we can see what that means. It really is something special and we hope, you know, from here on out that, that there will be no more mishaps and we'll have a really strong foundation that everyone's going to stick to. And if they don't, then, you know, they won't be on the team. Um, and that's something that I'm super proud of for this group for being able to, to achieve this year. And when you're playing a team sport um, and you have personal things that you want to achieve as well, how do you kind of balance that? Like making sure that you're doing what's best for the team while at the same time being noticed that you can achieve what you want personally? Really, really good question. I think, you know, my my um, role on the Opals, I am a role player. So I am just trying to do everything to make my teammates' life easier. But yeah, at the same time, when I have an opportunity to shoot or to make a move or whatever, I need to be confident. So the way I do that is I prepare really well. Um, and then, you know, we, we communicate with Sandy about what our roles are on the team and she, what she expects of us. And then she can hold us to account and we can hold each other to account if we're not achieving that. So at the end of the day, you do everything you can to put the team first and that should be at the forefront of your mind. But most of the time that is playing to your best ability. Um, you know, if you're not doing that, then you, you're letting the team down anyways. And a few weeks ago, you were voted part of the team's leadership group by the other players. When you think about all the players that have led the Opals in the past, Michelle Timms, Jenna O'Hay, Lauren Jackson, what does it mean to you? Well, it really means everything. And to be voted in by, you know, the rest of my teammates is very humbling. And I, it's a huge honour. Like you said, there's been some really great players um, that have led the Opals. And, you know, Lauren Jackson, who's a former captain, is now in the team. And um, we do have a lot of leaders within the team, if, even if they're not in the leadership group. 
um, you know, everyone is a leader on that team. Otherwise they wouldn't be there. So as a leader, I just really try and empower everyone to be themselves and to still lead in their own way. And I think that's how we're going to have the most success, but it is very, I am very honored and humbled to, to, you know, be given an official title as a leader, I suppose. And in 2015, going back a bit, you played over in the WNBA for a while before being cut just after a few games. A couple of the younger Opal girls have gone through that recently as well. Have you have you used your experience to have a chat to some of those girls? Um, I think, yeah, you know, and even the people that miss out on the team, you know, we've all been there. I think that's what makes what has helped make me who I am as a player is having that disappointment and having that will to just want to be better um, and prove everyone wrong and kind of playing with a chip on my shoulder. So um, that's just what I try and reinforce to anyone that may be going through that. But, you know, you see um, like Shyla, Annalie, um, Alana, they come back and they're, st- they're doing the same thing. They're just trying to be better. They're trying to p- prove everyone wrong. So I think it's just, when you are like an elite athlete trying to, when you are in the Opal squad, like you already have that inbuilt in you. So sometimes people need a reminder, like sometimes I need a reminder, you know, to keep going. And if any, if there were ever a time where I saw one of those that needed it, of course I would, would try and help them out. And you've also had a lot to do with um, the girls basketball at the Melbourne Boone, at the Melbourne Boomers Academy as a coach and manager. How do you think Australian basketball is doing with helping the next generation? Yeah, I think that is what, you know, Australian, the men's team as well, what we do really well is try and leave a legacy um, to follow and really give back to our community. So I think, you know, basketball is one of the most participated sports in Australia. And I think it's in a really healthy, um, yeah, it's in a really healthy spot moving forward. And someone like Erin Phillips, she came to basketball because there were no pathways for older girls in other sports, but now that's changing. What do you think basketball can do to help to keep girls in the sport longer and maybe see it as a career? Great question. Um, I think, you know, we need to keep elevating the standards of, of professionals um, and, and what we get paid and, um, you know, keep trying to match it with netball and AFLW. So it is enticing for younger girls to keep playing, but the more that, you know, us as role models can get out in the community and you cannot be what you cannot see. So as much as we can do to, you know, try and inspire the next generation. And I think you mentioned this before, but I read how you think it's really important to have something going on in your life outside of playing sport. And you've done quite a lot of study um, at uni. Is that something that you've always believed or has it um, been more recently as you've got a bit older, like um, maybe since you've had injuries, if that's something that you do like you can make a career for the rest of your life I guess yeah great question I think growing up um, my parents um, knew how much I love basketball but they also made sure I was doing my best at school um, and that's just kind of something that's always stayed with me so when I graduated school uh, they told me basically I had to study or get a job as well Um, so I've always kind of studied in the background and then worked part-time a little bit until basketball paid me enough money where I didn't have to do that anymore. But um, yeah, I think I play my best basketball when I do have something else going on, which is why I love being the Melbourne Boomers um, head coach and academy manager. And I'm starting to be a Pilates instructor and I'm still starting to be a, a PE teacher. So 
I'm getting towards the end of my career and I'm just trying to give myself as many options to try and find something I'm as passionate about as basketball. And that might not just be one thing. So that's why I'm kind of keeping all my options open to make sure I can uh, have a smooth, um, you know, retirement from basketball when hopefully not soon, but, you know, maybe in five years or whenever that time is, um, I'm ready. And what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think to learn to uh, learn to love the journey. So, you know, no matter the outcome, so if I didn't make this team, as long as I'm enjoying all the steps along the way to try and make it and enjoying the hard work, enjoying getting up at 6am every day and doing a workout, um, you know, you're really going to have no regrets. And it's going, whether you make the team or not, um, it's going to teach you an enormous amount of life lessons um, to hold you in good stead for, you know, the rest of your career or the rest of your life. So definitely the best piece of advice I could give someone is learn to love the journey. Um, and then no matter, no matter the end result, whether you make the team or not, you're going to be happy with yourself and proud of yourself for what you've achieved. And speaking of advice, what advice would you have for kids playing sport? The most important, the most important thing I've learned is to be resilient. So when things don't go your way, don't give up. Um, you know, it's a setback and it's a, it's an opportunity to, to get better and be better. So, you know, it's a cliche saying, but fall down seven times, stand up eight. Um, is I had that when I was younger and it kind of, you know, ignited something in me. So just the most important thing I could tell young kids is to be resilient and learn, um, you know, learn to accept failure and, and really try and embrace that. Yeah. Um, and last question, what do you hope women's basketball looks like in 10 years' time? Oh, good question. I hope we're definitely the leading um, professional sport in a women's sport in Australia. Um, you know, I hope we've overtaken netball and AFLW, which have set the bar pretty high, but and cricket as well, actually. So I hope we can be, you know, right up there and um, and that young girls today can be their full-time job and one through 12 on a WNBL roster are getting paid enough money to, to do it as a job. And that would just be absolutely amazing if that could happen. Hopefully everyone that wants to um, play full-time or have it as a career can have that opportunity, but who knows what'll happen in 10 years. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'd also love the Opals to be number one in the world. That would yeah, be great. Cool. <laughs>